Hello and welcome along to episode 51 of the All Things Leeds podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre. And joining me, as ever, is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm just... I started going to the gym again recently, as I told you earlier. So oh, nice. Aching a fair bit. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the fitness. You're on the fitness ground. Yeah, new year, new me and all that other <laughs> untrue crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I've been in the wars recently. Yeah. Been in the wars with a hairdryer. Got myself burnt. Which is <laughs> great. It's, it's still funny you burned yourself on a hairdryer. <laughs> Lost man, my uh, masculinity there. <laughs> I burnt myself with a hairdryer. Of course you did. Um, a bit of a disco inferno going on. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on demand. I'm on demand right now. Uh, but it's good that you're going to the gym. I, I need to get myself to the gym as well, to be honest. I'm just sick of being a chubby physical wreck, mate. Yeah, so <laughs> am I. So am I. It's just getting around to, to doing something about it, which is my problem. Uh, but, but I need to get to the, to, the, to the gym soon. I just need to recover first, and then uh, and then I'll be there, and then I'll be straight there. Um, well, there's, you. <laughs> uh, well, there's plenty to discuss uh, in this episode. We'll be looking back on Legion United's 1-0 loss away at QPR, Last Saturday, we'll also discuss how the Leeds United under-23s, under-18s and women's teams have got on this week, as well as look at all of the news that's come out of Ellen Road as well this week. We'll also discuss all of the latest transfer news and rumours, and Leeds United have signed someone. Yes, Leeds United have signed someone, but it's a goalkeeper, though. Youth player as well. Yeah, it's a, goal, it's a, it's a youth goalkeeper. But he's still a new player anyway, still a new face through the, through the door, so we'll discuss that and then we'll look ahead to Leeds United's next game that sees them take on Millwall at Ellen Road next Tuesday night, the 28th of January. So a long time to wait for this next game, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy that we have to wait around 10 days. I mean, if we're going to sign anybody, it'll happen in that time as well. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd hope and so. By sign someone, obviously, I mean sign someone for the senior team. <laughs> yeah. He's not a 19 year old goalkeeper. Yeah, 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 goalkeeper, yeah. You, You'd hope something happens before now and that Millwall game, uh, which we'll look ahead to uh, at the end of the show. This is the All Things Leeds podcast. So uh, let's begin by recapping last Saturday's. Uh, game then. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. Now, we actually yeah. predicted it right at the end of last week's podcast. We were doing our score predictions, and then uh, at the end, uh, we, we joked that we're probably going to lose because we have a part on in London. I think I remember singing 1 0 to the referee. <laughs> yes, 1 0 to the referee, and this is exactly what happened. <laughs> Leeds United losing 1 0 away at uh, Queen's Park Rangers. How are we feeling after last Saturday's game? Numb. I felt, I, I, I'll be honest, mate. I felt. I felt just felt empty. I felt nothing. I I I saw it and I thought, when I saw, especially when Bamford missed the pen, I just thought, nah, yeah. this is it. This, <laughs> this is just it. We're just going to continue to, unless we do something in this window and actually get some people in and sort ourselves sort this runner form out, then it's over for top two. Yeah. I mean, I know I know some people. You get these these holier than thou super fans who are going to call me what plastic or whatever, and despite the fact I go to games every week. Uh, or every other week because I share my season ticket with uh, with another mate of mine. But the fact is that we've we've gone from having a 12, 13 point lead uh, from third. Now it's all knocked all the way down to four points. Yeah, soon could be one point, and, and it could be one point after everyone plays the games in hand. And we deserve it because we've just not performed at all. Yeah, we've continually given away cheap, easy goals, missing opportunity after opportunity. You can't afford to miss a penalty. At this level, <laughs> yeah. like, that penalty, you could, Bamford, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about the game, and I'll, also I'll leave it there, but the, um, the the QPR game, we just missed chance after chance after chance, and we can blame things, certain things on the referee, and it was the referee's fault, their goal stood, Yeah. but they had numerous other chances that we didn't close down, uh, Naki, I think it was, I think it was Naki Wells, or it might have been somebody else, when a, when a free kick came into the box, and he literally was in about five yards of space and, and tapped it wide. A good strike, a good enough striker, a top six striker, puts that in the back of the net. You, you're looking at the, um, you're looking at the, uh, the likes of um, Robson Carnu from West Brom. He, he buries that. Charlie Austin buries that. Uh, Graben buries that. Yeah. Uh, and, and you just think the amount of easy chances we give away from set pieces is so easy. Yeah. And we give away chance after chance. The left back is becoming more of a problem when we it looked like we solved it. We just look we, we look we look weak. We look vulnerable. Yeah, it was very very worrying. Was Saturday's game really? And if you're not worried after that, and then 
I, I don't know what you're feeling because because I, I think that the majority of Leeds fans are quite worried after that, and it just screams that we do need new signings really because yeah. because there were bad signs on Saturday. Really, you said that you felt no, I mean, it wasn't that bad, was it? It just it felt like that. Didn't feel like Derby. It didn't feel like Derby, no. But it felt like it felt like QPR last season. It felt like QPR last season. It felt like Forest away last season. You know, when we had the, we, obviously the red card came a bit earlier for Colin Phillips in that game. <laughs> it felt like one of them. It felt like Stoke away last season. Yeah, one of those games half through a season where you think, yeah, there's lots of games yeah. left, but you're also thinking, why are we cocking this up? Yeah, we're against a mid-table team. We should be winning. And this. they're awful. And they and they. I mean, they weren't awful. They played fairly well in the first half of what they could do, but they yeah. didn't. We second half particularly, we bat, we absolutely battered them. I, I disagree with that to be honest, but we'll get into everything first of all though. So Marcel Bielsa, of course, made one change to the starting eleven. Pablo Hernandez came in for the injured Barry Douglas. Uh, Pablo Hernandez played in midfield. Meaning Stuart Dallas played at left back. And Dallas, he had a tough day against QPR's bright say Samuel, the twenty-year-old. Yeah, he, he was really really good. The twenty-two-year-old uh, QPR looked very very dangerous on the attack really, and fair play to them. They pressed well and, and dominated the early stages really. Uh, but despite Leeds getting off to a slow start, we you know we still managed to create some chances. Bamford uh, had a uh, effort from the halfway line that went just wide, uh, I think. Um, but we're still trying efforts. Should we have had a penalty early on? Lee Wallace brought down Helder Costa in the box without getting the ball. Uh, anywhere else on the pitch, I think that it probably is a foul. I think if it was given against us, you'd say that it was soft, but he didn't get the ball. He trod on Helder Costa's toes. Should we have had a penalty? Probably a 50-50 one, innit? But you're never going to get them go for you. They always go against you, those type of decisions. Uh, in the box in particular, those kind of kind of body-to-body fouls where you, someone stands on someone's foot, unless it's like really quite obvious. But it, the way the way he does it is he runs into him to get the ball and then just kind of backs into him and then kind of uh, stands on his toes a little bit. As but he, he doesn't as get the ball. Him. It's he a foul. He doesn't get the ball, and it is... Letter of the law, foul. But and would you not think that anywhere else on the pitch, if that happens, yeah, that, that's that, a free that'd be kick? Given as a free kick but it, but so surely this is a penalty. But free kicks aren't. I mean, they should be, but they aren't. Just, they just it's just the fact that they aren't given the same kind of consideration when it comes to severity of fouls. Fouls have to be more severe in the penalty area to be given. I mean, purely because of the punishment you get. I know it shouldn't be like that. Foul should be a foul. Foul in the box. Foul on the rest of the pitch. Well, referees don't think like that. Do they think practically? They think yeah. A free kick on the halfway line from doing that kind of thing is nowhere near as damaging as a penalty kick, is it? But do you not think it should have been a penalty, though? I'm a, I'm a Leeds fan, and uh, <laughs> I do think that should be yeah, a penalty. I, I think but it should have been a penalty. Uh, that's because well. of my bias. If that was given against us, I would be a bit annoyed. Yeah, but but, so that, but, but that's the way you got to say it. You see, it's a fifty-fifty. Whereas the one, obviously, we're going to get onto this, but so I'll leave that. But the one later was much more obvious. Yeah. But I still feel as though it should have been a penalty. I think anywhere else on the field it is a foul. And Peter Bankes, or Banks, however Bankes. you pronounce it, Bankes, Banks, Peter Banks, the referee, uh, I thought it was a poor decision from him. And it was awful refereeing throughout the entire game and really, really poor officiating. We've banged on about it on the podcast a lot about the EFL officials. Absolute disgrace. And it's another game with poor refereeing and officiating. And you just need to look at QPR's goal to see how bad the officiating is. QPR, of course, went 1-0 up on 20 minutes. Uh, Eberichi Eze's free kick ricocheted off Luke Aylin's head, who was in the wall, and it fell into the path of Naki Wells, who decided to play basketball. Uh, he han- he uh, handles the ball twice, and he taps it home. So obvious. So it, obvious he cheated it, it here. It didn't ricochet off Luke Aylin's head, though, because it, went, it was going past the wall. Luke Aylin kind of le- yeah. kind of leaned outwards. It was going like eight, eight, six to eight inches past the wall. He kind yeah. of leaned it and headed it. And it bounces off immediately. Um, first of all, Wells, after the game, the, the shit house, it, on his Sky Sports interview, was saying, oh, it was unintentional, like that matters when you <laughs> score a goal. If it hits your hand in the yeah. Premier League, in a build-up to a goal, it is not a goal. VAR would have ruled that out It would have definitely ruled it out. But he heads it against, and he has his arms out here as well. It's not like they're by his side. He has his arms up in the air, and he's not jumping either. Yeah. He has his hands out here. He decides to play it's, basketball. Yeah. And obviously, people, uh, QPR fans will say, oh, he's just running. But he's not running because his arms are like out here. And it hits his wrist and he knocks it into the ground. And then because, because of the bounces going past him, he keeps his arms where they are and he catches it on his other arm. So it levers itself onto his foot. And obviously, Casilla dives the other way because his hand knocks it down one way. And then it, obviously his other hand knocks it down the other way. And he sorts it away. But I saw some, you know, when they do like those... that. Dermot Gallagher, how Leeds have been screwed over section this week on the <laughs> Premier League referee thing where they yeah. go, should that have been a pen? 
and and he was and he was going. I don't know whether it was Don Gallagher or some other Premier League referee saying, "Oh, it's just the speed that it's happened." Right. Well, uh, there's two linos there. There's the referee. There's the fourth official. I mean, the linesman has the sun in his eyes, but that's no excuse. Uh, and a, so yeah, you can excuse the linesman and the fourth official, but the referee should. That's be, a perfect view. The referee is perfect and should be looking where the ball yeah, is. The referee says there were bodies in his way. There were no bodies in his way. He had a perfect view of this. I mean, because there was a perfect view because there was the Leeds wall and then there was Wells just the left of the wall taking the chance. So there's nobody there because everyone else is all the QPR players are behind the uh, the ten yard line. Yeah. So he has perfect view of it, and he he, he just knocks it into his own. It's path. so obvious. It's so obvious, and it's poor officiating. The goal should have been ruled out. That's if we had ball. VAR, it's it would have been ruled ball. out. But the goal stood. QPR were one 0 up, and they really milked it on social media afterwards. Nike Wells, I think he was watching an interview, turned around I'm to not, the camera and winked. I'm not going to moan about that, mate, because uh, because we do it. Because we did it for the roof goal against. Yeah. Last Craig time. Wilson at Leeds United, the social media man. He. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we did it. So if we did it, we'd be if, laughing. If you give it, you got to take it. But they really did milk it, though. They, they tweeted it out after the game, and they tweeted something the morning after. Yeah, mate. Well, when they finish 13th, they can stick it in the trophy <laughs> camera. <laughs> uh, but yeah, QPR go 1-0 up. Uh, Patrick Bamford then misses our best chance of a half, really. He was 1-1 one one against an oncoming uh, Liam Kelly in the QPR goal. Um, and he just blasts the shot miles, miles out with his right foot. It was an awful attempt. XG saying it was like 0.03. <laughs> Which means, for, for those of you that don't understand XG, that means out of 100 times that effort comes your way, you should score it three times. XG can piss off. Whereas, he's one-on-one with the keeper. I mean, you don't, he doesn't even have to chip him because he's in front of both defenders. He could take it round him. He could him. take it wide. He could, he could take, take it round him. him. He could just dink it over him. I mean, admittedly, from that angle, he probably has to go onto his right foot round the keeper. But even on his right foot, he can side foot it yeah. in. So many people have forgiven Bamford for this, but this is an awful miss. He's one on one with the keeper. The keeper's, da- you know, he's running out towards Bamford. Do you remember Bamford... that one at the start of the season against Forest, where the keeper kind of rushes yeah. him and he just and he, he tries to chip him. And this one doesn't go flying over the bar, but it goes just wide the post. And you just think, just get it on target. Get it, if you just get it on target, it goes in. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Bamford here could have just dunked him, dinked it. Think the ball over the keeper, got it on target, and it would have gone in. He could have taken it round him. I think any other strike in the league scores this chance. But Bamford, he's so weak on his right foot. I don't know why he decides to shoot with his right foot anyway, because he, he surely knows that he's so bad with his right foot. But he just blasts it wide. Awful attempt on goal. And it's just not good enough. Not good enough at all. I think any other strike in that position would have scored. XG can piss off. It's a it's a, it's a really good opportunity here. The best chance that we had, really, in in that first half, definitely. And it's an awful miss. Awful attempt from Patrick Bamford. It's just not good enough. Just not good enough for me. He should have definitely scored that. Uh, but it was 1-0 to QPR at, 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 at uh, half-time. You said that uh, Leeds played better in the second half. I just think QPR's that back, really. I don't think Leeds... You know, we we didn't we weren't really cutting them open. We weren't playing, you know, fantastic football. I'm not football. saying we were forcing a save every 10 minutes, but, like, every attack... Was was coming from our end. They didn't. I mean, you're saying they're sitting back, but I don't remember them. Yeah, they, they didn't really attack us at any point. They never got any dominance over us. Even like you know, in possession type football, where you're not trying to create any chances, they had nothing. We we just couldn't put the final ball in. We couldn't get a shot. Yeah, we we didn't play good net. football. I I just think QPR sat back. I don't think we you know we, we certainly had more more possession of the ball, but I don't think we were playing fantastic. I, I think QPR with their spell of possession in the first half, I think they were playing much better than what we were doing in the second half. I just think QPR sat back a bit and tried to defend their 1-0 lead. Uh, but Leeds, we awarded a penalty on 60 minutes uh, with the goalkeeper Kelly bringing, it, bringing uh, down uh, Patrick Bamford in the box. Definite penalty, this. Some people were saying, I heard quite a lot of people saying this was soft. I saw the angle from behind the goal. He catches him, uh, studs up in the ankle, at a slide tackle, yeah. doesn't get the ball, doesn't touch anything. It's a penalty. It's similar to one that we. It's uh, also a red card. Yeah, it's similar to one that we saw earlier on in the season. Remember, Patrick Bamford again with the goalkeeper. I think I think he reads what the goalkeeper's doing and tries to to force the goalkeeper to dive down and 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 try to make the save, but then cause the foul. We won a penalty earlier on in the season. I forget who it who it was against, but we won a penalty with it. What do you mean? So Bamford in the box, he he, he takes it to the byline and the keeper, you know, dives in. Bamford kind of forces the keeper to make a foul, really, and we won. We won a penalty like that early on in the season at home. I forget who who Is it, it was Blackburn against. Or QPR or something like I, I think it was against Blackburn. I don't think it was against QPR. I think it was you know it was around that time against Blackburn or no, something. Blackburn at home. was the Luke Ailing one, wasn't it? Where he that was barely a pen at all. <laughs> I'm still yeah. going giving it. I'm, I know which one you mean. 
Um, but we, we won this. We won this similar with a similar sort of foul. We won a penalty early on in the season. But win it here, definite foul. It, it could have been a red card, as you say. The keeper did not get the ball. I, I, I think again, if he if he got a red card, he probably would have said that it was a bit soft, really. But a definite penalty though. Uh, Bamford steps up to take it into the bottom right corner, and the keeper saves it. It's a really, really poor is, though, penalty. Is, was when I'm watching that penalty, mate, he sees which way the keeper's it's, diving. He see you, you 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 watch his eyes. The keeper's already starts diving before Bamford takes the pen. But also before he, gets, before he kicks the ball. But also there's a picture of Bamford taking a penalty, and with his you know the way that his body is, the shape of the shape that he is, and where he's looking, you can easily tell which way he's going. He's not playing mind games with the keeper. He's not looking at the keeper and then deciding where to shoot last minute. He's, he, he decided. As soon as we won that penalty, Bamford was like, I'm taking this. I'm going bottom right and corner. And he didn't even try and... and you think he'd give it to, given the kind of game he was having, given the kind of... Just given the kind of poor, how poorly Leeds are playing in general, you'd think it might be better to give this one to Click or Pablo to just put away. Cause well, I, cause but I'm, those guys playing... Click and, uh, Click and Hernandez, they were so quiet throughout this game. You bet... You just you just think that someone like them, who the pressure isn't on as much to score, would have probably put it away. Yeah. Well, clicks the best penalty taken in the team. Well, you obviously can't Many have said it. That one he's missed about he's missed about one penalty in five thousand six hundred and seventy. <laughs> and that one was against Derby for us. <laughs> um, but Bamford, it's a it's a poor penalty, and you know I said I I knew it when he was going to step up. I was like, he's missing. He's not got the confidence. He, Bamford is not confident at the moment. I was watching a stream, and the people who were watching it live were commenting on the stream, missed before he'd even taken it, so I already knew he'd missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Sky's coverage was a little bit behind because I was getting notifications from Graham Smith and Phil Hay saying, oh, goal, or, or penalty missed, or penalty, uh, before it actually happened on the TV screen. So I was quite annoyed. I wasn't even watching a stream. It was Sky Sports coverage, and that was just a little bit behind, which was really annoying. Yeah, um, I bet the commentators were buzzing with Mr. Penn. <laughs> <laughs> the commentator was alright to be fair Danny Higginbottom wasn't as bad as Don Goodman and Keith Andrews and Keith Andrews and Don Goodman were not there they, they, were, they weren't there Jim Floyd Hasselbank in the studio it was great listening to him saying that Lee should have had a penalty and Bamford should have scored it was great listening to that and it was great listening to Danny Higginbottom instead, of, as, a, as, an, instead a, of as an ex-Lee's player it's amazing how many times that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is on Sky Sports yeah. saying we should be we should be punished more for things <laughs> But then again, now and again, he just he, he does have an, like a straight opinion. Whereas Keith Andrews is one hundred percent biased all the time, and Don, so is Don Goodman. Don Goodman is even higher than one hundred percent biased. He he hates Leeds United with every fibre of his being <laughs> yeah. for selling him to Wolves for I'm, being crap. Yeah, I mean, Sky's coverage wasn't bad. Danny Higginbottom, I, I don't mind him. Just as he, long as it's not Don Goodman and Keith Andrews, well, I'm happy. Higginbottom annoys me though. He does annoy me. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I quite like Danny Murphy because regardless of how well we're playing or who or who we're playing Arsenal fans hate Danny Murphy because he, he's massively pro leads <laughs> Arsenal fans hate so, him in that BBC <laughs> coverage I don't know how we've got onto, onto TV pundits here <laughs> but uh, back to the game yep. poor penalty from Bamford and you knew as soon as, soon as he was stepping up he was going to miss because he didn't have the confidence and uh, you know I was thinking if we score this we'll probably go on to win this because this team does well with confidence if we scored I this I it. think that we would have gone on to win I, I think it would have been a draw really? yeah I think would have gone on or to win. Two one loss. <laughs> I, I think would have gone on to win the game mate, if we had scored this penalty because goals change games, and and that would have changed the game. But we missed, and Patrick Bamford just isn't good enough. He is not good enough. He's not a finisher. You know, he, he does a lot for the team. He works hard, and I appreciate that. But when you're the main striker of a team that's trying to get promoted, you need to do better. Ten goals this season in 28 league games is not good enough. He hasn't scored in any of our last six games in all competitions. He hasn't scored since the 21st of December in a 2-1 defeat away at Fulham. And that was a tapping. He's not good enough. That was forced by Dean Ketty. <laughs> yeah, he's not good enough. He's Bamford. Ten goals. And he's on, what, 35 grand a week? Our main number nine striker. It's not good enough. He's not a striker for me. He's not a finisher. And he, he, he needs to play in a two or play in the number 10 and someone else. It'd be good winning the knock, it'd be, it would be good winning the knockdowns for somebody else. It'd be good yeah. playing the when we had Beckio and Beckford when Beckio just used to win all the knockdowns. Oh, I think he'd miss the knockdowns, mate. I think he's the one who needs to knock the ball down to someone else who can finish. That's what I mean. Because he's, he's not a finisher. That's what I mean for Bamford. He would be the one winning the ball in the air yeah. knocking it down to someone who could finish. Yeah. Like Beckio used to do for Beckford. Yeah, where he just used to long balls. <laughs> Becky just used to out jump people, knocking hands of Beckford. He used to just blast it in the net. Yeah, because I, I mean, 
we, I was listening to the square ball last night while I was uh, hammered, and <laughs> <laughs> and they run about uh, Becky having actually having a worse touch, first touch than Bamford, slightly better in the air, but but in a game scenario, obviously Bamford's very good in training. Becky was all right in training, but in game scenarios, Becky used to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, he was brilliant. At Becky will cost less than Berbatov, and he scored, he scored more, more goals. goals. Yeah, he scored loads of goals because that's what he could do. He could put yeah. the ball. He was paid to put the ball on the net, and that's what he did. And that's what Bamford's paid to do, but he yeah. doesn't do it. Yeah. He's not good enough. Bamford is not good enough, and he's the only striker at a club, which is really frustrating. We do have Ryan Emerson, but Bielsa just doesn't like him. He's just yeah. not be, He's just not putting him on the bench when we have no other striker. Bielsa said after the game as well, oh, I wish I had someone like Enketia to, you know, to stick on and, and change the game. Stick Ryan Emerson on the bench then. If you want another option, stick Ryan Emerson on. I feel like Does Edmondson offer that much different from the style that Bamford offers? Though the kind of big number nine. Well, it's 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 worth a shot, isn't it? I, I mean, I would. The last time we seen Van Edmondson play first team football was back when Paul Leckenbottom was in charge. That's true. I don't know why Bale won't let him go out on loan. Yeah. I really don't. I'll just I'll just give him a go. He's the, he's our only other striker apart from Bamford, and he doesn't even get on the bench. It's bizarre to me. Give him a start. How good, how good would that be? It's, it's, it's a team sheet at two o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and right number two is starting. What are we doing? Here? And, and Patrick Bamford isn't even on the bench. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> he, well, he would be because he's only got two strikers. Yeah. But Patrick Bamford just is not good enough for me. I'm sorry, a lot of people hate me saying this, but Patrick Bamford is not good enough, and we need someone else in uh, who is who is good enough. Any other striker in the league would have scored more goals than him. If we had Djokovic in his position, he would have scored more goals. He, he would have. He, he, he's simple as that. Um, <laughs> Djokovic can't run, though, mate. But he can get the ball in back of a net. Bamford can barely When run. people go on about the likes of like, uh, Djokovic, I, I, I apologise if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, or Glenn Murray, or someone like that, or, or Lewis uh, Graben, I always think, but these lads are always all finishers. They're all proven. But they can't run. <laughs> they, yeah. just, they just can't. And by, by can't run, I mean they can't run to Bielsa standard. Obviously, they can run a bit of yeah. footballers, but they can't. They don't. They, they've not got the work rate to be in a Bielsa team. Mm. Uh, let's move on then. So Leeds kept on pushing for the equaliser. Pablo Hernandez uh, hit hit a post with a free kick. Yeah, really good uh, effort there, uh, but it hit a post unfortunately. But Leeds' hopes of finding the equaliser uh, went away basically. Um, towards the end of the game Calvin Phillips uh, received a straight red card and got sent off a horrendous challenge an absolutely horrendous challenge on QPR's Jeff Cameron he's now banned for three games nice one Calvin get yourself banned for three games he apologised afterwards on social media but it isn't going to change anything is it people saying support the lads and we do we, we do support them but, but we need something back and Calvin Phillips it was horrendous you know people saying oh, it's Calvin Phillips is the least lad we need to forgive him but if that was Bavardi who did that, people yeah, would be he's, going he's, mental. He's got that in his game, though, does Calvin. He does. Which he needs to iron out. I mean, he does. Obviously, defensive midfielders do get sent off now and again. It's yeah. the name of the game. You are going to get booked. You are going to get sent off. But getting sent off in the 87th minute of a game we are not going to win anyway yeah. is stupid. It, yeah. I mean, I, I've barely seen any people who are, who are you know, really, really angry with this. If this was Bavardi... People will be going absolutely berserk. But well, because it's Con Phillips and Easley's like, they won't be going it. as berserk because Brady isn't as essential to the team. We can survive without Brady yeah. for three games. No, but people do go more berserk. If if that was Bavadi, they would have gone more berserk. That's what I'm trying to say. If that was Bavadi in this position, no one would forgive him. But because it's Con Phillips, we do forgive him. I mean, I reckon we just stick Shaq in his role. We're going to have to do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to have to just... Or either that or McCalmont. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a tough decision now. Um, but Calvin Phillips gets himself sent off and, you know, call it what it is, it's recklessness, stupidity and poor decision-making from Calvin Phillips. And he has that in his game. As soon as he lost that ball there, you knew. Just have a bit of, um, you kind of know how about it. Yeah. Um, and you can just, you, you think, yes, he's won the ball off me and, yeah, we, they might they might run through. But chances are, it's not 100% chance they're going to score from that position. Defenders are getting back. Kiko might make the save. Even if we do lose 2-0, it ain't gonna make that much difference. What what one one goal difference yeah, versus exactly. having your your one of your most crucial players out exactly. of three games. It's not it's it's honestly you need to weight the pros and cons. It's yeah. not worth it, is it? Yeah, no, it's not worth it. It's stupidity from Calvin Phillips here. I know he's banned for three games. Biel said afterwards, after this game that Bavardi's now injured, so who's going in midfield? Because if we put Ben White there, we have no one at centre back. What Pascal Stewart? He ben, didn't press me against Cardiff. He can't play CDM. Uh, I think it's going to have to be McCarmont or Shackleton for me, and I'd personally choose Shackleton, Shackleton in defensive midfield. Yeah, I would. Really? 
Yeah, I would. I'd rather McCarmont there over Shackleton Why? in that position. Or you could put Ben White in that position. Why would you not have Shackleton in CDM, Matt? Because I don't think he's a defensive midfielder. He's small and he's weak. He's got the work rate. He's got this. He's got. He's, yes. he's fast enough to, to, to make. I'm the not recovery, disagreeing with to, that. To make the recovery runs, he's got the pace for it. He's better on the wing or further forward. He's not. Not. He's not a defensive midfielder, as Jamie Shackleton. I'd have McCarmont in there. He'd be the perfect fit for me. I just think when we played McCarmont in a senior game there and Stoke in the cup, he struggled a bit, yeah. didn't he? I mean, Bielsa will probably put Ben White there, and then he'll probably stick Pascal Stewart in that centre back, which doesn't fill me with confidence because Pascal Stewart did not do well against Cardiff when he came on as a substitute. Or against Huddersfield, what we played Ailing centre back, Dallas at right back, Alioski at left back. That could happen. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think it has to be McCalman or Shackleton. I, I would personally go Shack. Uh, yeah. I know you obviously you've got your feelings on that. Yeah, I mean it, it's not great because the last time Phillips was suspended, it was only for one game because it was second yellow on a red card. This he's got a straight red. He's out for three games, which is going to be really, really difficult, and it's going to give Bielsa a lot of uh, headaches in his uh, team lineup selection there. Uh, but QPR, they end up winning uh, 1-0. Uh, QPR won Legion United 0 at full time. Uh, that's now three losses, three draws and one win in the last seven league games for Legion United. Not good. Not good at all. That Joy Division song booming around my head again. It does feel like we're falling apart again. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Are, are you worried after these past few weeks? Yes. Yeah. Because it, it feels exactly like last season felt. It does, doesn't it? It feels worse than last season. It actually does feel worse because last season... Actually, no, it's about the same. Cause we no, well, last season we lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game. This we season, do. we've... You know, we, last uh, last seven league games, three losses, three draws, one win. That is not good enough. Is that all competitions? Yeah. No, games? league games. We've got league games. If it's all competitions, yes. then it's four losses, three draws and one win. Yeah, it's eight. bad. Yeah, it's, it's poor really form. Really need to turn a corner. Yeah, really poor form. And the worst possible team we're coming up against next to <laughs> try and turn a corner against. Yeah, we're in really poor form at the moment at Leeds United. Uh, I'm very worried at the moment. We need new additions, otherwise I, I, I can't see us going up. I'm really, really worried uh, now. We're not in good form at all and we need to turn this around. Saying that though, we're still second in the championship table on 52 points, but only four points from third place Fulham now, which soon could be three points. We're not in the forest playing their game in hand tonight. Uh, at home against Reading. Fulham are also away at Charlton tonight. We should say well, that's Wednesday night. When yeah, Wednesday tonight. night. Recording this on, on, on the Wednesday night. So tonight, for, not in the forest playing their game in hand at home against Reading, which they'll probably win. And Fulham, they're also away at Charlton tonight for some reason. Uh, so that that could, you know, if Fulham win, that will be am, one point. I am quite looking forward to not hearing Forest fans going on about their game in hand anymore. That would be quite nice. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm kind of sick of that when, yeah. they, when they go, oh yeah, we're only, we're only four points off you, but we've got that game in hand. It's like, yeah. well, you could easily lose that game in hand. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice not Just, to... I don't want to hear that anymore. I want everyone to be on the same amount of games, yeah. so I'd have to hear that. Absolutely. I mean, we'll have a game in hand over Fulham after their game tonight, so... Yeah, but we, so we can bang on the belt. I can't remember the last time we took advantage of a game in hand, mate. Yeah, neither can I. Neither <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time we had a game in hand and took advantage. <laughs> neither can I. Uh, but yeah, we're four points clear of third place right now, but it, it soon could be uh, a lot smaller than that. It could be three points, could be one point after tonight. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. And we've only seven points above Swansea in seventh. Are you worried? Are worried that we could finish seventh? I'm Do you remember when we were more than seven points? Clear the third, and now we're less than seven points. Clear the third. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of this league, mate. I'm sick of all these, these terrible teams and this depression and not having any money and FFP. I'm sick of all of it. I just want to get out of this league. Don't we all? Don't we all? I don't even like the Premier League. I think it's a bunch of, <laughs> it's full of plastics and prawn sandwiches yeah. and sitting down and silence and TV rights. And I despise <laughs> all of it. But I, I, what I would like to be is just continually going up and down so that we're in the championship but with parachute money and able to ignore FFP that would be brilliant yeah because there's things I like about the championship the fact that you don't get any plastic fans you usually get good atmospheres the games are more competitive but it's just awful and I'm sick of being in it yeah because it is it's, awful it's just it's got teams like Barnsley and Charlton in it and I'm sick of playing Barnsley yeah. and Charlton <laughs> <laughs> but by the time we go to play Brentford away which is in four games' time, we could be outside of the top six. <laughs> so hopefully we're not. Hopefully we do turn it round. We're on poor form at the moment, but we're not the only team in poor form at the moment. League leaders West Brom are also not doing uh, 
too great at the moment. Even uh, worse they than lost. Last yeah, they lost one 0 at home to Stoke City on Monday night. Uh, they've only got one win in seven for them. Uh, two losses and four draws. And uh, they put there. Pereira there. Talisman has also got a three-match ban for violent conduct. Wow. Confirmed either today or yesterday. So West Brom are falling apart as well as Leeds. Well, I mean, <laughs> our best player has a three-match ban as well, mate. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, this weekend's results are crazy. West Brom lost, Leeds lost. The league is very close and it's wide open. The league is bonkers this season, isn't it? Yeah, I should correct that and say our most crucial player and not our best player, for Calvin Phillips. Yeah, the league is mental. But uh, yeah, it's bonkers this season. It's well, wide open. Because it... It got to a point where we were like 13 or 12 points clear and everyone thought it was going to be like Wolves where there was just no competition the league was very boring. But now the league's gone back to the way it always is, which is, you know, down to the wire every year, which, yeah. which nobody wants. I mean, it's, you, you want if you're a neutral or if you just like watching competitive football. But yeah. if you're a fan of the top two, you want us to just... You, if you're a fan of the top two, you want Leeds and West Brom to just turn it around, pull away and batter everyone in the top six in every game they play so they don't ever have to see him again. Yeah, and that would be nice if it happens, but right now the league is very close, wide open. It's there for the taking. It is there for the taking. A mid-table team like Cardiff could win 10 games in a row and see themselves top of the league. It's that crazy. It's it's mental this season. We just, we just the championship. sort our format and we'll be okay. Yeah. Because despite the good form of people below us, it's still a very inconsistent league. So yeah. if we get any it's a poor of, league. If we get any kind of consistency going again, We'll be fine. Yeah, it's a poor league this season, and we need to take advantage of it. And this, this is, you know, we, we need to take advantage of how poor the championship is this season. We need to make this year count, and uh, hopefully, Leeds United pick up their form and turn things around uh, with a win over Millwall, which is our next game, and we'll be looking ahead to that later on in the show. But first, onto the Leeds United under twenty threes, and they were in action last Monday, uh, last Friday afternoon rather, and they lost two 0 away at Birmingham City. So the less said about that, the better. Yeah, hopefully uh, Carlos Cobran and his side bounce back from that loss. Uh, and the Leeds United women's team, they were not in action this week. They were meant to take on Brighouse in the quarterfinal of the Cup last Sunday, but the game was called off due to a frozen pitch. The rescheduled fixture will be announced in due course. Now on some news, and the Leeds United under-18s will take on Manchester United away from home in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup after Man United defeating Norwich City 2-0 to determine uh, Leeds United under-18s next opponents. The World of Roses makes a return. It's an exciting game. <laughs> in the FA Cup, no less. Yeah, even if it is the FA Youth Cup. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I mean, I did say the, I think it was last week, I knew we would be playing playing scum in this round. <laughs> uh, and I was correct. But yeah, it'd be, it would be interesting to see if we can knock them out. It would be very nice because it will definitely make Sky Sports news. Yeah, of course it's away from home, but I'm, I imagine Leeds fans will travel in numbers. We'll, we'll, we'll make, no we'll make it loud. No doubt if our youth team loses to one of the most expensive youth teams in the country, Sky Sports are going to paint it like we just <laughs> lost to Scarborough's under-16s. Yeah. It's, it's a big it's, match, it's though. It's phrase like that. Yeah, it's a big match, though. Very, very exciting. Hopefully, Mark Jackson's under-18 side uh, does well in that one. The date for that is still to be determined, but uh, an exciting game. Leeds versus Manchester United, even though it is under-18s in the FA Youth Cup. Still exciting. Water Roses... And yeah, least yeah. least fans will travel in numbers. It's gonna be it's gonna be. A good I'm sure. Game. Yeah. It'll, it might, it'll be, if it, I mean, honestly, it's away, but you'd like to think we get a good attendance up there. Yeah, uh, it's for gonna youth be very game, And you'd like to think we'll progress to the next, to the next round, but yeah. it'll be a. <laughs> It'll be a tough task. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting, though. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, Leeds United Academy player Niklas Haugland, uh, hopefully that's how you pronounce it, uh, he has been called up to Norway's under-18 squad for their upcoming tournament, which will see them uh, go up against Romania, Turkey and Portugal. So good luck uh, to the 17-year-old representing uh, his country. Yep. Uh, on some uh, transfer news and rumours then, and the Yorkshire Post are reporting that Leeds United signings from last summer, uh, forward Rafa Majikas, the 21-year-old, and Gile and more the 19-year-old, are set to leave the club this month. They haven't done much of a club, I've barely seen them in the 23 so not too bothered with this. You, you can see why they could be going back to Spain this month. Yeah, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> they just hate it in Leeds. I don't think these lads like it in Leeds. They've not really had much of a chance. They probably think... Why am I rotting in Leeds' reserves when I could be playing third division Spanish football or something yeah. like that and working my way up? I mean, the youngsters from Spain, Rafa Majika, 21-year-old. We've got from Barcelona B, didn't we, as yeah, well? When, you go, when you're coming from Barca B and you've got sunshine and you've got nightlife and you've got plenty of money and then someone says, oh, do you want to go live in a northern English city uh, for much less money? It's a downgrade. <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in winter. Yeah. <laughs> 
think they're going to say, right, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. Especially yeah. if they're not getting any football. You can, yeah. It's hard to blame. And they have not done much at all. No. So, um, yeah, you can see why that's happening. So that's the option we post report in that. Uh, Rafa Majik and Gil Amor, who Leeds United signed last summer, could be heading back to Spain uh, this month. Uh, on to uh, incomings, and Leeds United have signed someone, uh, which is awesome. Leeds United have actually signed someone. Uh, Leeds have signed an 18-year-old goalkeeper, uh, Elia Capril, uh, from Italian side Chievo Verona. Owner. Uh, he signed a three and a half year deal, keeping him at the club until the summer of 2023. Despite not making an appearance in senior football yet, he's highly rated in his home country and has and has already featured for Italy's under 18 side. He sounds right. To be fair, he's one for the future, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops at Leeds. But a young goalkeeper, is it really the type of signing we need right now? No. <laughs> Short answer. Long answer. We need a striker really yeah I mean judging by the response on Twitter Leeds fans were not happy with this a lot, a lot of fans were taking the piss I here. feel sorry for the lad because he yeah. clearly wants to come here he clearly thinks he'll make a difference and he sounds good in he, the other 23s you know, he sounds promising but judging by, Le- by the response on, on Twitter and social media Leeds fans were not happy but the club yeah, I mean, I'm sure that we would we would have all liked to have seen a striker come in first this month. A striker that we desperately need. But if we design a striker and maybe a, a cheaper kind of like someone like Pervade, like a lone winger, if we design both of them and then they'd have gone, oh yeah, we're also signing this goalkeeper for the under under eighteens. It'd have probably got a very good response. Yeah, but the fact that he's the first signing through the through the door this January, so we're on the twenty second of January. <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite frustrating, really. But um, it, it it certainly looks good. We already have four goalkeepers at the club, though. So I, I don't know why we signing the goalkeeper uh, yeah but we already have four goalkeepers at the club uh, Will Huffer 21 year old 23 year old Camel Majzek 19 year old Dylan Meslier of course and 33 year old Spaniard Kiko Xer supported Adriel Leap for Huffer Majzek in the pecking order and become the third choice but he soon could become the second choice couldn't he if Casilla is handed what could be a lengthy ban with this ongoing FA investigation into allegations of racial abuse I've always been very impressed with Majzek so I don't really know who would be Second yeah, choice, I mean, Isaac and Will Hufford, they've just kind of, you know... They, they, well, Isaac still plays every week for, uh, or more or less every week for the under-20. Yeah, if Mesley, if Mesley, uh, you know, if they want Mesley to play, he'll play instead of yeah. Isaac and Will Hufford. I, I don't know what, what's up with him. Uh, but if Casilla is Bando, you'd imagine that Mesley would be the first-choice goalkeeper. Of course, he impressed in his debut in that 1-0 loss away at Arsenal uh, back on the 6th of uh, January. Uh, but him being 19, he's still very young. Uh, would you have preferred... A more experienced goalkeeper in? Not really, because you just kind of lumbered with them. If the likes of Scott Carson or Andy Lonergan, which we, who we've we we know all too well, and they'll be on very high wages, they'll be on high well. wages, and they'll be there swallowing up your money, doing nothing. Yeah, well, um, we've got a youngster in who'll be on low wages, and he looks promising. He's one for the future. And we're looking ahead to the future. I mean, with all these signings we're making, we better have the best team in the world in five years. <laughs> People always say that, but then you always flog them in like two years' time when they're like 21. They always, if they're any good, they get sold. I mean, if they're, they're not any good, they're with you for life. I mean, they could go in within six months. Look at Rafa Majika and, and yeah, if, if he doesn't like the the northern weather, <laughs> if he wants to go back to Italy, then feel free. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I do feel sorry for the lad. I really do, yeah. because I think he will be quite a good player for the under-18s, but he's just going to get, especially if, if it drags on in this window and we don't sign anybody, he's just going to get, he's going to get more and more scrutiny. Victor Rott is going to get more and more scrutiny. Roger Zani is going to get more and more scrutiny. And as we've not learned in the past, Roger Zani cannot handle criticism in any way. He can't. He cannot at all, can he? Uh, but Ellie Capril certainly looks good. He's one for the future, so keep an eye out on him. It'll be interesting to see how he develops in his time at Leeds. But Ellie Capril, he's uh, Leeds United's first signing of the 2020 January transfer window. Hopefully, there is many more to follow. Now, BBC Radio Leeds they're reporting that Manchester City's 19-year-old academy winger Ian Pervedo could sign this week uh, Leeds have been heavily linked with uh, with him uh, over the course of this month so that's one to watch out for looks like it's it's very close he could sign this week yeah it was very close last week mate. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks, it, it looks it looks a lot more closer now the replacement for Jack Clark probably uh, Ian Perveda I, I don't think we really need a winger but we'll, we'll certainly take him uh, it's another signing for the door we need attacking mid more than we need a winger but I think Perveda can play attacking mid so. yeah uh, it, it'll be interesting Ma- uh, Marcel Bielsa's 
clearly likes his wingers at the club, doesn't he? <laughs> we've got, we got plenty Far of them. too many wingers. Yeah, we've got plenty of them. Uh, but yeah, Manchester City's 19-year-old academy winger Ian Pavedo could uh, look set to sign this week. That's BBC Radio Leeds reporting that. Uh, Leeds uh, have been linked with many players as well. Almost every strike on the planet, really. I've well, seen us linked with Middlesbrough striker British Sombolonga recently. I don't really want him. He's, he's always... Uh, riddled with injuries I've seen him miss a lot of sitters this season he, he as misses well. loads of sitters yeah so we don't really want player. him uh, we're recording this on Wednesday and uh, today we've had an update on the link between Leeds and 23 year old Southampton striker Che Adams who we discussed last week of course uh, Graham Smith of the York Streaming Post and Adam Pope of BBC Video Leeds are reporting that a third bid has been rejected by Southampton which would have been a loan with a fee and a £20 million permanent signing in the summer uh, we're just not going to get him, are we? He's just not coming. From what I've seen from the Southampton journalists, there's a bit of a bemusement, the fact that Leeds keep pursuing this, despite the fact that Southampton keep turning them yeah. down, that they're wondering why Leeds are still coming after it when Southampton is clearly a no, the manager doesn't want it, and the board aren't going to disrespect the manager that way. Yeah, exactly. So why we've waited to the 22nd of January to give up on him <laughs> <laughs> is very annoying. Turn down. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we need him. He's a great player, goal scorer. He's a goal scorer, which we need. Well, we need a coming. striker. But yeah, he's just not coming, is he? We, no. we just need to give up on this and, and move to the next target. Just chuck the money at Andre Gray or yeah. someone like that who we've also been linked with. Yeah, Andre Gray. Yeah, uh, Leeds have been heavily linked with Andre Gray uh, this week, the 28-year-old. 28-year-old Watford striker. Uh, with a report saying that we'd pay a £2 million loan fee for him and pay his very expensive wages. Uh, Gray appears to follow a few Leeds players on social media with Leeds players following him back. Uh, so that excited Bamford some. Him back, yeah. But Andre Gray uh, did post a tweet on Tuesday night, oh, on, on Instagram rather, uh, posted a pitch on Instagram on Tuesday night, uh, a Watford match day post, if you will, seeing our game day, and it was a picture of him in a Watford shirt. So that that kind of looks unlikely now. Um, is it clearly gonna, still we're in not Watford? Get anybody, are we? Yeah, we're, we're just not going to get anyone, are we? I mean, who who knows who we're going to oh, sign? We're going to sign Pavetta, <laughs> and then we're not going to sign a striker, yeah. and then we're not going to go. Up. Yeah, it, you've heard it here first. <laughs> I may as well be Jim White speaking to you right now, except without the smug grin on his face or the crappy yellow tie. Um, but yeah, Andre Gray, it looks unlikely now, and Che Adams, a third bid rejected. So we're just not going to sign anyone, are we? It's going to be really frustrating. We promised we weren't going to be depressing on this podcast, mate. We, <laughs> it's depressing, man. We, we need players. We desperately need players. Either that or we're not going up. It's as simple as that. The squad... Well, yeah, I know that. You know that. Yeah, the squad is too thin. There's too many injuries. They Ty- know that. <laughs> I mean, the squad is too thin. There's too many injuries as well. We're, we're, we're injury-riddled squad. Adam Forshaw is never fit. Never fit. Calvin Phillips suspended. Adam Forshaw has been out for four months. And the first time when Bielsa told us he was out, it was meant to pass a bleep test before the Barnsley game. And then every week it's rumbled on. Two weeks ago he said he was going to be back on grass. It hasn't happened. Adam Forshaw is never fit. Tyler Roberts is never fit. Douglas is never fit. And the only other left-back at the club is Leif Davis. Alioski, for me, isn't a left-back. He pushes too far forward. I would personally play Leif Davis. I think he's been impressive every time he's played. Yeah, he he has done good, but we're we're probably not going to start him. Alioski isn't a left-back for me. He pushes too far forward. And Dallas is a right-sided left-back, which... it doesn't work really. He's not even a left back. He's I'm, originally a right winger. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Stuart Dallas does well, but a right-sided left back does not sit well. It, it, it doesn't work. You've seen it many times. It just doesn't work because you, you you seem to cut in instead of open up your body and, and, and go down the I wing. Think is we were watching Barry Douglas, who is who is the club left back against uh, Wednesday, and every time he would get the ball, he would either pass it back to the centre halves or try and find an easy option. He was never willing to take the risk. And you need risk, yeah. And we we need risk taking uh, fullbacks in this squad for it to yeah, work. Absolutely, we we need a left back. We need a centre back because Bavardi seems to always be injured. Liam Cooper, he he could I think go on. Bavardi, Bavardi will be back for Millwall that time. Yeah, there. Liam Cooper, he could have another long injury like he did earlier on in the season. Ben White could have an injury. You never know. You, he you, been injured, yeah. you, you can't take the risks here. We need a centre back. We need a left back. Probably not going to happen. We need a midfielder because Tyler Robertson had him for. Yeah, because Tyler Roberts and Adam Forshaw are never fit. Also, never Tyler, fit. Tyler Roberts is not a midfielder. He's, the deepest he can go is attacking midfielder. But we're playing him playing yeah. him in, in number 10, don't we? But he's never fit. Adam Forshaw's never fit. Shackleton seems to never be fit now. Oh, he's, he's fit now. But but it, Bielsa just doesn't doesn't seem to want to start him ever. Um, 
No, we have an injury riddle squad. We have a thin squad, and we need players desperately. We we desperately need players. Uh, either that or, or we're not going up. It is as simple as that. We need a striker in first thing. Uh, the striker needs to be the priority here because because we only have one recognised senior striker at the club, and that's Patrick Bamford, who is dreadful. So we need another striker at the club. We need uh, a centre mid, and that's the very least. That is the very least. We need players. We we desperately need players. Um, let's try to cheer that's ourselves a, up. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, now look ahead to Leeds United's next game. Leeds taking on Millwall at Ellen Road next Tuesday night, the 28th of January, with a game kicking off at 7.45pm. Now, the game was meant to be played this Saturday, but Millwall are taking on Sheffield United at home on Saturday in the fourth round of the FA Cup. So, they're going to be shattered for this game, surely? See, you're assuming that they're going to play their senior squad, then I, I think... I, I reckon they will. I reckon they'll roll over, mate, for, for Blades. Yeah. I mean, they're at home, though. They love the pressure. I mean, and they always seem to to be up for the FA Cup every year. They always go quite far in the FA Cup, though, don't they? Millwall for some reason. They went quite far last year. In the yeah, cups. I remember last season they came up against Everton to play the strong side. Out, I think yeah. they beat Everton there. So yeah, the, is that the one where they cheated and Neil Harris told them to get the <laughs> cheating goal off the, the <laughs> yeah, big screen. It was in it case was. the referees spotted how much of a rat face cheat he is <laughs> and his and his Brexit awful yeah. long ball team is. Um, yeah, they're 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 not going to be tired. I reckon they'll they'll. They'll drop the likes of Jed Wallace and Matt yeah. Smith, who were their danger men. They'll probably drop. Um, I, can't, I honestly could not name you any more Millwall players than them two because they're the two good players they've got. <laughs> uh, they got Scal- I know they've got Scalak. I think he's a left back. Yeah. Um, Sean Williams in Sean, midfield. Sean Williams, yeah. It's just a very Brexit midfield. <laughs> it is. But, I mean, if there was ever a game that we should win, surely this is it. I think they've got a player called Billy Mitchell as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just. Yeah, like seriously, it, it looks like they've they pulled the team sheet from, <laughs> from the nineteen fifties. It's insane. But uh, I mean, if there was ever a game that we should win, surely it's this. Because by the time this game comes around, we would have had ten days rest, so we we should be fresher. We should be more ready for this game, and, and we we should win, shouldn't we? I don't think they're going to be as long. Well, they might be as long ball, but they're not going to do the whole long throwing thing that Neil Harris does. They're not going to do. Yeah, I mean, they're not managed by Neil Harris anymore, no, are they? Millwall, managed by Gary Rowett. Yeah, yeah managed but, by Gary Rowett. But, Obviously, Gary Rowett still plays negative football because Millwall <laughs> fans love, yeah. um, you know, sitting deep four four two. I don't think they're going to they're not going to do long throws anymore, but they are going to be just constantly whipping balls into Matt Smith's nine foot four for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, I think we're gonna. I mean, it is at home. You'd, you'd like to back us to win. Yeah, we just haven't I mean, won at home for ages. Yeah, but if there was ever a game we should win, it should be this one. But Millwall, they are doing well under manager Gary Rowett. They're currently eighth in the Championship table on forty four points. The two points. From the playoff so exactly places, they've got incentive to win the game. Yeah, and uh, they beat Reading two 0 at home last Saturday, which means they've now they they are now unbeaten in their past five league games, three wins and two draws, and they've also only lost once in their last thirteen league games, since, seven since, wins since and five draws. <laughs> yeah, one loss in thirteen league games. They're in great form. It is going to be tough, though, isn't it? It is going to be tough. They're in fantastic Always form. Tough against Millwall, regardless. Yeah, and of course we need to watch former Leeds striker Matt Smith, who will probably play up front for Millwall. He's big, tall, strong, six foot four, and he's scored four goals and got four assists in twenty-four games this season. Um, all of those games in the league, so yeah, he's got, one to watch out if for. If he's scoring seven goals and getting four assists, he's clearly he's clearly got something about him. Um, I am I am worried about this because we're in poor, we're in really poor form, but we do need to turn this round at some point. Yeah, we really and do. If there's one way to win Leeds fans back round, it would be to turn Millwall over at yeah, home. Absolutely. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Millwall's characteristics on whoscored.com. Uh, so their strengths, uh, they're very strong at aerial duels, they're strong at attacking set pieces, strong at creating chances through individual skill, strong at shooting from direct free kicks, strong at creating scoring chances, strong at defending set pieces. And their weaknesses, they are weak at keeping possession of a ball and weak at defending against long shots. So we don't take long shots. No. Uh, but we do love possession of the ball, <laughs> just in non-dangerous areas. Uh, Millwall style of play, they play with width, they attempt crosses often, they control the game in the opposition's half, they attack down the right, long balls, take a lot of shots and they are non-aggressive. I mean, they're going to struggle to dominate our half, especially at Ellen Road, because they're just not going to have the ball that much. Yeah. But they are going to have a lot of freedom to whip balls in, because... Every team we play has freedom to put the ball in, so we've <laughs> yeah, got to deal with that. Absolutely. Um, but, we, we, of course, going to this game, poor form, as I say, past seven league games, three losses, three draws and one win. We, we need to improve. We need, we, we need to step up here, don't we? We need to step up, improve, 
and turn our form around here. Yeah. Otherwise, we are in deep trouble. Even a very, very questionable 1-0 win would be very useful here. Yeah. Well, will we turn our form around? Uh, will we win? What's your score prediction here? I'm going to go 1-0 Leeds because the last shred of my hope is going to go into this game for this season. And I don't say that as a drama queen. I say that as the fact that because it feels like last season where we just bottled yeah. it. I'm going to go 1-0 as well. I reckon it'll be tight. It'll be a tight game. Um, but I'm going to go Helder Costa to score as well. Helder Costa to score. Uh, I, I'm not going to be the goal scorer. Bamford. <laughs> it probably will be. <laughs> Just as contradict well. my, my entire point throughout this podcast. Um, no, Jack Harrison will probably score. Won't it will, it? probably will be Jack Harrison as well. Yeah. He Jack. scored against Millwall last season. I'll be, I'll be on goal. It'll be OG. Oh, no, OG. <laughs> <laughs> OG. Uh, to have, say, last to, time we scored a goal. Uh, in the league, one it was an OG against Birmingham. Our what? past two goals have been non goals. Yeah. West Brom and Birmingham. Yep. <laughs> it's all gone to crap. It's all <laughs> gone um, But both going to go win no wins. Hopefully, Leeds United do win next Tuesday night, and uh, me and Charles will, of course, be back next week to have a look back on that game. And that does bring us to the end of this episode, episode 52 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. In the studio. No worries, mate. And uh, thank you very much uh, to everyone who has listened or watched. We uh, really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed the one-up, subscribe or follow the podcast. Give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast around as well. Make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds on Facebook. Keep up to date with everything that is happening. Subscribe to the All Things Leeds YouTube channel as well, which we've passed a thousand subscribers on. I'm buzzing. A thousand subscribers on YouTube. Nice one. Oh, unbelievable. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's your channel, not mine, mate. But. I know, but <laughs> you were my fourth subscriber, and I didn't know you back then, so you weren't my friend. I, I, I want pestering on at you about, oh, subscribe to my channel, be, be a good friend. I didn't know you That's back true. then when you subscribed. So, um, I actually, I actually just wanted a, a lead YouTube channel to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only one back then as well when I started in 2017. And it's taken me three years to get to 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> I mean, you did have um, like quite a long time of not posting. Yeah, and, and then posting again, then not posting, then, then you know, posting here and Consistent, there. Consistency is clearly the key to yeah. maintaining your subscribers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I'm a one-man show here. I mean, two-man show, really. Um, well, I, I, don't, but, I don't feature in your regular videos. No, no. So uh, one-man show. I edit everything and, and prepare everything. So um, yeah, I don't. I just, uh, <laughs> I don't put any prep. You just turn up and I, talk. I literally turn up. Yeah, uh, but I found subscribers on YouTube. Honestly, cannot believe it. Thank you to everyone on YouTube for for your support Cheers. and and viewing and subscribing. I found subscribers until I, I, it's mind blowing. I just cannot believe it. I found subscribers, which is fantastic. Thank you uh, to everyone for your support. Uh, but as I said, me and Charles will be back uh, next week. Uh, so for now, take care, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>